put value out first. Just do it. DigitalMarketingRadio.com. The big interview with David Bain. Is it best to brand your business as a personal name? What is a micro maven? And how do you build your personal profile into a global micro brand? Those are just three of the questions that I intend to ask today's special guest, Trevor Young. Trevor, welcome to DMR. G'day, David. How are you? Yeah, very good, thanks. Um, how are you doing yourself? Yeah, pretty good in uh, sunny Melbourne in Australia. Sunny Melbourne. Oh, uh, <laughs> um, I remember my time in Australia last year and um, it was mostly sunny. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, Trevor's a speaker, um, a consultant and an advisor who helps businesses to tell their story, grow their audience and build their brand using social media and content marketing. You can find him over at prwarrior.com. So Trevor, um, in your recent book, Micro Domination, you talk about building a mini business empire around a personal brand. Uh, is it better to brand your business as a personal name in the modern business world, do you think? Well, I guess it depends on what your goals are. And and given that we're, you know, we're now starting to operate virtually and, and as collectives and, and a lot of people, they are the business. So certainly if you're going down the path where you're going to be the main, um, you know, you've got the expertise and you're the business, then, then absolutely, because as we know, people do business with, with people and, and it's, and as the old saying goes, we do business with people we know, like and trust. So therefore, you know, the goal is to use all the tools at our disposal to get more people to know us, like us and trust us. And, you know, we have a personal brand, whether we like it or not, um, what, you know, people think about you, um, you know, as the, the saying from Jeff Bezos, your brand is what people say about you when you're not in the room. So it opens the question up, what do you want people to say about you when you're not in the room? And so how, how wouldn't you want to have an influence on that? So you mentioned Jeff Bezos there, and um, obviously he heads up Amazon. Um, so even big firms like that are having um, a face to represent their brand. Um, do you think it's realistically uh, possible to build a decent business online online now without having that face to head up a brand? I'm I'm preferable to the face, and as you say, you know, at one point Amazon was was just. Jeff Bezos. Mm. Um, I take it there were no partners in the early days, but you know he was the front man from day one. And so, if you are going to be an entrepreneurial startup, and that's where you know a lot of businesses are emerging from, you need someone to be out there. Whether it's talking to traditional media, talking to podcasters and bloggers, uh, having a you know a, a personal um, Twitter account that straddles professional at the same time. As we know, there's not much. Um, there's a, not much uh, barriers between personal and professional these days. You know, people want to hear from the boss, the leader, the ideas person, the entrepreneur. And, and I think this whole humanization of business, and whether it's one person or it's, you know, a whole stack of people, we look at a, a company like uh, Zappos in the, in the States, and, um, you know, they're a very humanized business. So, um, yes, you had Tony Shea, who was the, the leader of it and uh, the entrepreneur who, who started it. But even Zappos is, you know, a lot of humans and people using their own Twitter handles to, you know, on behalf of the business. So the whole, I guess, the rise and rise of the social web, the trend there is to, to humanise and use your name and, you know, be out there as a person. So I would certainly err towards that side of things, yes. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I've got back to Twitter quite recently. I've um, gone on and off it a little bit. Um, first registered back in about 2007 or so. But, um, and I've experimented with using brand handles. Um, and I've also got my personal name as a handle as well. And um, I've really definitely settled on my personal name now because um, yeah. I, th- I think with a brand handle, when someone else sees that brand following them or interacting with them, um, they, they just don't know how to take it, how to interact with that brand, because they, they don't have any concept of, as you say, that individual behind the brand. Yeah, I, I agree 100% on that. I mean, I've advised a number of businesses, you know, with 20 or 30 staff, but the CEO is the one creating the content and still is the front person. And, and you know, they couldn't get past 350 you know, followers. They mm. just really were struggling, and albeit they weren't using Twitter very well at that point. But you know, we we put the the, the CEO's face on it, and get you know had the bio a lot more human. Um, you know, he's a wannabe rock star, and all of these other things. And <laughs> he got out and tweeted as himself, mm. and it makes a big difference when you're tweeting as a person versus as a as a business. It doesn't mean you don't have a business um, Twitter handle by any means, because you know there's needs to do that, um, but you know, it's it's really good if the if the founder or the CEO also has their own because they could put on a, a dimension of different stories and and you know make it have it add a bit more personality um, to the Twitter account and and it works you know much much better because people often won't follow logos but they'll follow a human person. Uh, what about a really small business, um, but a small business that is a brand? Do you think um, if it's just um, a one or two person business, it's still necessary to have a brand Twitter handle as well as a, an individual um, Twitter handle? Well, I guess it depends what your long term play is. I mean, sometimes you might want to be setting up a business to sell. So, you know, you might be a retailer or, a, you know, a home delivery of fruit or something like that. But it's you're building the brand of that business uh, with the view of selling it one day, well, then I think you certainly need to have, you need your, your digital assets, you need to own those um, and get onto all of them, even if you don't use them, um, to get onto the platforms to make sure you own that because that's an asset down the track. But if it's more about you and your expertise and, and around that side of things, um, then it's probably better to err on that side but again, depends on what your longer term view is and you know the goal of the business. Yeah, I mean, I think that's a great tip there about um, ensuring that you you have your brand, even if you're not using it. You may want to use it in a couple of years' time. So, so, so register that handle and uh, and sit in it. Um, um, Use it a little bit. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Um, okay, um, and I'll tell you what. Um, um, what also sprung to spring to mind? I, I mentioned um, obviously Micro Maven as part of um, the intro questions, and um, one of the reasons that I mentioned that is because um, in in your recent book um, Micro Domination, um, you mentioned that within the chapter headings. And to be honest with you, I wasn't really sure what you were meaning by that. So, uh, what is a Micro Maven? Well, let's look at a Maven first. And I, I you know, the, I I was wanting to use the word Maven a lot, but um, the publisher certainly didn't want it in the title because um, they didn't think anyone knew what the word meant, and I think a lot of people in your boat. What does a, what is a maven? So a maven really is an expert in a, a particular field, and a lot of the times they also pass their knowledge on to other people. But the the, the micro maven um, that I see it, and I, I was just trying to come up with a name so I could 
because in the book Microdomination, I join a lot of dots about this big trend. Um, and you kind of got to give a trend a name so you can keep referring back to it and talking about it. So um, the Micromaven I call is a new breed of, of entrepreneurs. So they're, they're creative, they're connected, um, they're very passionate about what they do and getting out there and creating content and sharing that content. Um, they understand social media and the digital sphere, uh, but they're also very community-minded and they're, they're about building a community of fans, followers, advocates and supporters for their for what it is, you know, their views and their opinions and what it is that they do. So I think some great examples there is someone like a, um, a Gary Vaynerchuk who used social media and content marketing to build his personal brand um, now on a global scale and and from that you then start monetizing that personal brand. Um, pro blogger Darren Rouse would be another one. Um, you know, people like that who they've come up through the non-traditional way. So, you know, prior to the social web, the only way to really build your, you know, your your name was through traditional media. And then you had to go through gatekeepers and, um, you know, you had to get through um, publishers and you had to get through editors and, and producers on radio if you were lucky enough to get, you know, a radio spot. But today you can build, you know, your own platform, your own your blog, and you can get millions of readers um, you can build a, a mini, a midi, and I'm going to get this out, a mini media empire. Um, and so the micro mavens are doing that, but the ones that I focus on the book, they're also creating uh, businesses around that. So using the tools um, to create businesses around it. So, um, you know, some of the names that I mentioned in it, Natalie Sisson, the suitcase entrepreneur. Um, there's people like uh, Cliff Ravenscraft, who you're probably aware of, yeah. the, uh, podcast answer the, man. The, the podcast answer man, um, you know, people like that who become known for, for what it is that they do um, and what they stand for. So, um, you know, I mentioned Darren, Darren Rouse and um, yeah, you know, people like that, Chris Brogan, Marie Folio, Chris Guillebeau. And if you look at, I looked at a whole stack of people like that and they, they just had these common characteristics and just so I, I, what I was really doing is uh, exploring what these characteristics that these people shared and then, and then you know, broadened, dissected it from there. And so part one of the book is looking at the trend and the stories of these people and how they've done it and what they're doing that's interesting. Uh, so to bring that to life. And then the second part of the book is kind of like a blueprint based on what those people are doing and, and the journey I guess I've, I've gone through myself. Um, you know, I used to be a, uh, a PR guy. Well, I've always, I don't know if you're ever a former PR person, um, <laughs> but I was a, a public relations um, practitioner for, uh, for you know, a couple of decades, uh, running my own agency, etc. So within my field, I was known and going and speaking at conferences, but really, you know, a small arena. And then I started blogging uh, back in 2007 under the handle of PR Warrior. Um, and and then getting on Twitter and just building from there. And then I look back in the rearview mirror and all of a sudden uh, getting asked to speak on panels, that turned, get an agent from that. I start, you know, doing professional speaking. Then I talk to a publisher and they put me on. And so that journey was, I was sort of mirroring that journey in a much, much smaller way. 
but it was quite an interesting one, and it all started because of a blog and because of Twitter. Okay, and you also you mentioned people like Darren Rouse and Cliff Ravenscraft, uh, and they're mm-hmm. obviously very successful in the, their own niches at the moment. But do you Correct. think that they started um, building their own personal brand? Uh, intentionally with an end in mind, uh, with a specific end goal? Um, or do you think that they just wanted um, to become excellent within their fields, not necessarily have an end goal, and then the, the, the end in mind would actually evolve over time? Well, of the, the micro mavens that I was sort of um, examining or looking at and checking out over the journey, and, they, and a lot of these people I've been um, you know following for quite some time, um, the stories that I've read and the interviews that I've listened to, and that's the great thing. These people are out there and sharing their, their, their background and their stories and their expertise. So it was good to get a lot of information um, and, and in the research stages. But I think with, by and large, um, pretty much without exception, they've, they've started because, you know, they wanted to share. They wanted to put their content out. They wanted to add value to the, the community and they were just passionate about their topic. And so they just did things. And I mean, even myself starting blogging in 2007, I had no idea. I started on a type pad platform um, and I had that for years. And it's only in recent times I've swapped over um, to WordPress. So I I own my own real estate. So, you know, I think all of us have, have just done things and just started that blog and just started that podcast and you get smarter along the way. And of the types of people you've mentioned, they've built big audiences and then, you know, from understanding that audience, they've known how to then grow their business because they're so close to their community of fans. And so, yeah, I reckon uh, most of them, whether it's, uh, you know, Darren or Chris Brogan, those, they just were doing things. And they've, I've, I've watched as they've iterated along the way, um, as they've become more strategic about what they've done. And, and some of them are running absolutely fantastic businesses and the tools are there to do it today where a lot of them they probably weren't there when they first started uh what that means is yes they had first mover advantage because um they're just through being in their field for so long and being out there building a body of work for so long but now you've got books like you know micro domination and and blogs and everything else and stories of these people we can go back and learn from them and so you know, uh, Cliff Ravenscraft has got a course. Um, Darren Rouse has got e-books that he puts out and runs events. So, you know, we, we're now, if you were starting today, you've got all of that knowledge that's from these people who have gone before us. And we can probably, um, you know, be a little bit more strategic from day one, I guess is what I'm trying to say, today, whereas, you know, years ago, no one, no one really was. They were just doing stuff. So I like the phrase that you mentioned there, uh, get smarter along the way, because a, a lot of people just um, wait until that perfect moment uh, and just never get started in the end. And and the reality is that um, things are never going to be perfect. Your, your, your ducks are going to be never lined up or whatever the phrase is. Yeah, I think the thing there is to just get started. Um, you know, you can have an idea of where you're going and uh, think a little strategically about it. But it's really not until you get going where you'll really start seeing the, the results of your, your the fruit of your labour. Um, so you don't want to be analysis by paralysis. Sorry, or is that paralysis by analysis? <laughs> One of those two. Um, 
because you can over plan and you can overthink things when really it's just important to get going and, and start building your profile and providing content and connecting with people. Okay, excellent. Okay, well, I think that's um, um, a really good uh, part to segue into the second section of our conversation. Um, so this is looking at your thoughts on digital marketing in general today. So first of all, looking at software I couldn't live without. What software do you currently use in your business that if someone took away from you, it would significantly impact the success of your business? Well, David, I've been, um, I'm up to about 26 episodes of my own podcast called Reputation Revolution and really liking it and it's given me some you know, good content to put out there. Um, so I'd have to say GarageBand because it's, um, mm. it's all DIY thought leadership and personal branding. So I'm getting out and actually doing it all myself. So I'm editing on GarageBand and without that, I'd be, uh, I wouldn't be able to put it out. <laughs> Okay, so you're a Mac fan then. Oh, sorry. Yes, very much a Mac fan. <laughs> um, and um, what about what software that you don't use at the moment, but you've heard good things about and you've meant to try at some point in the future? I've heard a couple of good things about a um, some software called Dragon. It's speech-to-text software. Yeah, yeah. And I'm quite interested in that only from a... Um, you know, probably trying to get more out of my day. I mean, I, I am a writer, so I spend a lot of time writing, but sometimes it's... Uh, it's good just to be able to get your thoughts down and, and you know, maybe do speech-to-text software and uh, try some different things like that. Yeah, that's interesting, actually, because I, I tried it a long time ago. I tried, tried it back in about 2007, and obviously it would have moved on quite significantly in terms of um, the, the quality um, that, that it produces. <laughs> <laughs> but um, it's, it's something, yeah, it's something that um, I should potentially consider as well. I wish I would have. I would like you to look back on the very first day that you were involved in trying to market a business online. What didn't you do so well? What do you wish that you would have done differently? Okay, so the number one thing I I would wish I actually did was uh, build an email list. Mm. So, again, been blogging since 2007, but it's only been in more recent times that I've I've done the email list. And so I reckon had I had that early on in the piece, again, when it was earlier days and there wasn't as many around, um, that that would have been a, a really major asset for me. So I certainly didn't build that early enough. Okay, but you're, you're, you're obviously doing that at the moment. Um, I see subscription options on, on your websites at the moment. Yeah, I'm, I'm doing it now. I'm, I'm using MailChimp for that. Okay. And um, what about the common mistakes that um, digital marketing newbies are making nowadays? Would you say that's a really common mistake or are, are there more pressing concerns that um, people should think of nowadays? No, and this, this is going to sound a little bit weird, um, but, you know, the email list and all of that is not the mistakes. They're the things that people are ticking left, right and centre. But the problem is, are they ticking so many boxes and trying to find so many shortcuts and, and, and trying to hack the system and get too many results too quickly without putting that having, and I'm a purist when it comes to content and content marketing, and, and without you know spending time on the actual content and the connections with people, um, which is hard to scale. You don't just, you know put content out and things naturally happen. It takes time to, you know, to use the um, the LinkedIn's and the Twitter's and the Google Pluses to build one-on-one relationships with people. And so I think a lot of people are trying to shortcut too quickly. Um, I see it all the time. And, th- and that is, I want to build an email list really quickly. So while I said it's important to build an email list, um, that's true. But, you know, if that's all you do and that's your number one thing without 
you know, I really want to put out really great content and add value to my, you know, community and grow a, a base of, I call it a village of support, of fans, advocates, supporters and enthusiasts of who you are and what you stand for and what you do. And so I I think that people trying to shortcut is, is an issue because um, then they just become me too because that's what everyone's trying to do. So I think it's more important to find your voice and get that content out while at the same time being being clever about and about the types of things that you can do in a, in a technology sense. I think that's really excellent advice there um, because there's no point in uh, bombarding people to join your email list um, initially and, and, and just giving an opt-in box and, and, and nothing else in terms of value to begin with as, as their initial impression of you as a business or, 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 as, a, or as a person. Um, I mean, with um, with 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 my brand uh, that we're talking on at the moment, Digital Marketing Radio. Um, as we talk, uh, th- there's no opt-in box there whatsoever. I'm just publishing podcast episodes at the moment. Now, um, if I I will offer something at some point in the reasonably near future, in the next few months, um, I will possibly do a weekly newsletter. But I, I want that to be a decent quality proposition. And, and initially, I, I want to build up the quantity of people liking and, and, and trusting to listen to um, Digital Marketing Radio as a, as a, as a podcast. So, um, yeah, you don't have to get going straight away, but um, build your own database of your own customers and, and potential customers for the future. Because if, if you don't do that, then you're relying on things like Google search and social media to bring people back to your site. And um, that's building your house and other people's land. So ultimately, you have to, to own your own audience as well. And that's a, a you're a great illustration of that, David, is, you know, put value out first, just, just do it and get this great value. And but you've got an eye to the longer game, you got to, you know, you're looking at things strategically. And that that's, that's smart. Um, but you don't have to try and do everything at once. I mean, sometimes you just got to start, get the content going, build the connections, uh, grow your influence and trust. And, um, and then have a, an idea of how you can do things because you can always do things smarter. But just because you can doesn't mean you should. Absolutely. The this or that round. So this is the quick response round. Ten quick questions. Try not to think about the answer too much. I'm just looking for your gut reaction. Ready to go? Let's rock and roll. Email or Twitter? Uh, Definitely Twitter. Audio or video? Audio. Affiliates or display advertising? Affiliates. Facebook or Google Plus? Google Plus. Online press releases or one-on-one relations? One-on-one relations. Paid search or SEO? SEO. Email contact form or telephone number? Telephone number. Website or app? Uh, I'm old school. Website. (laughs) Social subscriber or email subscriber? Uh, Based on what I've just been saying, email subscriber. And local marketing or global marketing? Oh, go big, global. Yay! Moving straight on to... The $10,000 question. If I was to give you $10,000 and you had to spend it over the next few days on a single digital marketing activity, what would you spend it on and how would you measure success? Oh, you had you had to say digital. <laughs> I couldn't take a holiday because if I took a holiday, I'm going to come up with all these ideas and content to- and out there and I could go away and create a whole lot of stuff on, on, on digital tools. 
but that aside, that aside, I'd um, I reckon I'd self-publish a book, and with 10k, I reckon I could get a few books out of it. Um, so not a lengthy tomb, but uh, maybe a series of 25, 30,000 word books, okay. um, and two to three in a series, and get them all ready to to drip out all at once, and, you know, over a, over a period of time. Um, and then spend some money on, um, you know, getting some buzz happening around that. So, yeah, I put it into the, the production and, you know, the graphics and, and the production of um, some self-published books. So what would be the main metrics that you'd keep an eye on to measure the success of doing that? Well, sales would be absolutely critical there. Okay. Um, but if I was going down that path and I had a series of sort of smaller books, um, part of that would be doing a sort of a free download um, early on, and um, so looking at the downloads and 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 how many being downloaded and shared and that type of thing, um, and then and obviously book sales on top of that. And what platform would you use to publish the books on? Oh, now you got me. <laughs> I <laughs> ten grand to get someone pay someone to find out for me. <laughs> I, I, That's I, fair. I hear a lot about the create space for for Amazon. Mm. Um, how to go past that. Um, and and obviously doing it direct to Kindle as well. Yeah. So probably spend a little bit more time in uh, understanding that area. Okay, great stuff. Okay, well, um, that just takes us on to... My number one takeaway. So you've offered a lot of great advice in our conversation, but what's the number one takeaway? What's the single most important step that our listeners need to take away and implement in their own businesses? Well, I think it is to, um, I hate to use the phrase, just do it, but it's... It's to create the content. I mean, you've, you've got to be, I look at, there's the content on one hand and then the social participation. Uh, so think of that as a Venn diagram. So um, by creating content, you've got something to share, but you shouldn't just be sharing your own stuff. So whatever your niche or whatever your voice and what you're trying to achieve and become an authority in and be known for, uh, I'd certainly be doing content for that, whether it's blogging, video, audio, or a combination thereof, and knowing that you're not going to get it perfect straight up and it's going to take time to find your voice. But I'd also be looking at curating content and and becoming a trusted resource in that space and following a lot of the thought leaders who are already in and, in and around that area and sharing their content and doing it in a really smart way. And what that allows you to do is then to start um, you know, giving you a reason to talk with other people, with other thought leaders. Um, when people start resharing your material, you can, you know, join in conversation with them on the likes of Twitter. So it's allow, it's kind of like the fuel that allows you to start building your connections and and your profile. And and just that's something that you're going to need to do ongoing. That's that's not just a let's kick off with that. That's an ongoing thing. Well, that takes us to the end of our discussion today, Trevor. So thank you so much for your time, your focus and your willingness to give back. What's the best way thank for our audience? To, oh, you're welcome. So so what's the best way for our audience to find out more about you and what you do? Yes, uh, prwarrior.com is my uh, blog. And so you go there and that's part of my um, personal website as well. And so uh, all my connections are there on Twitter. I'm at Trevor Young on Twitter. And my podcast is called Reputation Revolution. You can find that in iTunes. Lovely. Thanks again. Thank you very much. Hey, thanks so much for joining us today on Digital Marketing Radio. Remember, you can get every interview before it's published as a podcast, delivered as a weekly digital magazine, automatically to your tablet or smartphone. 
and that's for Apple or Android. Just go to digitalmarketingradio.com for links to where you can subscribe and join the rest of the Digital Marketing Radio posse. Catch you again soon. Digital Marketing